Welcome to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. Our hope is that you are blessed and that your relationship with God continues to grow and flourish. The next voice that you'll hear will be that of Bishop Brown. Thank you for listening. This is the day that the Lord has made. And since he made the day and made us for the day, shouldn't we give him a little praise because of that? No, no, that don't sound like praise to him who is worthy. To him who is the way, the truth, and the life. To him who died, was buried, rose, ascended, coming back. I'm talking about Jesus now. Anybody, anybody feel him in your presence, in your spirit? Amen. He is, he is absolutely, positively worthy of our praise, even if it makes you uncomfortable, even if you have to come out of your comfort zone. Uh, I would dare say, especially if when you come out of your comfort zone, is when you make your, when you are able to tap into the essence of who He is, and uh, and so I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, absolutely grateful for this uh, another opportunity to be in worship uh, with the saints. Uh, you don't have to come to church to worship. You can worship wherever you are, because you can worship wherever God is. But God says there's, there's something special that happens in the sanctuary when you are in the midst of the congregation. Oh, come on, y'all. In the midst of the congregation. In the midst of the congregation. I, I would never want to go to a, a football game of any level, whether it's peewee, uh, junior high, well, whatever they call junior high, middle school, uh, high school, college, or I would never want to be the only one in the stadium. That, that just seems to be a bit of a letdown to me. It's, it's a little anticlimactic. It is when you have the synergy of other people either pulling for the team you're pulling for or fighting against the team you're fighting for. At least you know who's on whose side. In this house, everybody ought to be on the same side. I don't know, what, I don't know if you're on Team Jesus or not. I know some of y'all on Team Lakers, but I'm talking about Team Lord. I'm talking about Team Jesus. And uh, amen. We, pre we appreciate uh, Minister Travis Collier for being our presiding officer this morning. We praise the Lord for our phenomenal music ministry. And then these praise dancers set my soul on fire. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Travis. They could be dancing with or for Cardi B. And rather than Cardi, they chose Christ. I'm with that all day long. All day long. Yeah, all day long. It is good to see uh, you in the Lord's house. This is the second, I believe, the second Sunday of Advent. And uh, it is the season where we celebrate uh, the coming of our Lord. That God would come down to us knowing that we could never reach up to him. Uh, that sounds like God kind of business. And uh, we bless the Lord. Before I go another further, I want to thank um, Sister Ethel Hopkins, Sister Hazel, uh, Sister Janetta Taylor, uh, Sister uh, Cora and her children. And no doubt there were others who were here on yesterday as we, uh, we, we, we took over the community in a very real sense 
and uh, in our partnership with Imagine LA, um, we, we minister to families uh, from this community and around the city. And uh, it, there were just people everywhere. Kids were jumping in jumpers and eating stuff I couldn't even recognize. And it was just a phenomenal, exciting day. And uh, I appreciate those who I've mentioned as being volunteers uh, or either just being here to support. Uh, sometimes you just never know how you're going to be blessed when you just follow where the shepherd leads and eat what the shepherd feeds. And so we bless the Lord for all that transpired uh, on yesterday. I am, uh, I am uh, just absolutely proud uh, to be a part of that organization. And uh, they are doing great, great, great work for humanity. Um, we're continuing this study entitled, Here Comes the Sun. Here Comes the Sun. And I meant to have that song queued up and, and read it because I wanted you to hear it if you haven't heard it before. Uh, if you get a chance, go to Spotify or one of your little music apps and uh, look up Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. And uh, it's a sweet little song, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not about Jesus as the Son of God. He's talking about the S-U-N. And he talks about, in, in essence, how, how much hope we have uh, because winter is leaving and spring is coming. And that's pretty cool as far as that goes, but what, what they don't talk about is the peace underneath the skin and the purpose uh, for our lives, not to mention our eternal destinies in heaven uh, because here came the sun. Uh, and so I want to look at this, uh, at, this, at this theme again. We looked at Matthew's perspective last week, uh, but I want to look at Luke's perspective. These are uh, uh, really the two detailed uh, birth narratives uh, of Jesus Christ, uh, Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel. Mark does not deal with it. Mark deals with Jesus already as a grown man, and uh, John has a whole different perspective, which we'll look at, Lord willing, next week. But if you'll turn with me in your scripture, stand and turn with me, if you will, if you're able. If not, don't sweat it. Just, just look like you're standing. Amen. Amen. Look like you're standing. Stand up on the inside. Uh, amen. And we stand in honor of the author of the word of God. Uh, let's breathe a word of prayer, and then we'll go right into our our lesson. Father, we thank you afresh for the written, spoken, and the living word of God. We ask now that you would teach our minds, control our emotions, direct our wills, govern our behavior, and in the process, transform our lives. We thank you now for what you're going to do through your word. In the name of Jesus, our Christ, we pray. Amen. In those days, chapter 2, book of Luke, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, 
to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem. Um, got a lot going on with this iPad. Uh, Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Somebody say, ooh. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Amen. You may have your seats with your Bibles open. Here comes the son. It is good to see Zandy home from school, <laughs> all the way from Spelman College. She is home for, for Christmas, and uh, we praise God for that. Also, I want to mention that um, the mother of uh, uh, Sister uh, Frierson, Frierson uh, Sister Mary, had a successful, successful procedure this week. And uh, she's now in, I suppose, rehabilitation in that process. Also, Sister Norma McKee had a procedure this past week. And uh, I got word that she is on the road to recovery as well. Amen. Amen. Um, Luke, the physician is the author of the book of Luke. You didn't know I was going to be so deep today, did you? Um, it's important to note that Luke, being a physician, was one who, was, uh, who paid close attention to details. Uh, unlike the other gospel writers, uh, Luke um, was, 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 was adamant about making sure that he connected the dots under the leadership of the Holy Spirit to help Theophilus in particular, but all lovers of God in general to understand uh, just what it took for God to send his son, Jesus Christ, to ultimately die for our sins. Uh, one of the things that I think uh, can help can hinder our full appreciation uh, for who Jesus is and what he has done is the fact that we've heard the gospel story so much, so long, so often that uh, if, if we're not careful, it can become just facts. Uh, it can become just information. Uh, but we've got to we've got to we've got to guard against that and make sure that we dial into um, the, the spirit-filled and God-purposed uh, truth that God would have us to understand. Uh, every time, let me throw this in parenthetically, every time, listen, one way to know when you are really connected with God is uh, having uh, an appetite for God. 
I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care. It does not matter. The, the more you become aware of God's presence and power and purpose, uh, the more you ought to want of God. Paul had been ministering for a mighty long time when in Philippians chapter 3, Paul said, I want to know him. Isn't that amazing to me? He's already written uh, several books by that time of the New Testament, and Paul still says there is more of him to know. How how dare we uh, who haven't written anything inspired you know, how dare we get to a place where we're just tired of, of being in God's presence. We're just tired of, of church. We're, we're tired of hearing sermons. We're tired of reading the scriptures because if you tire of it, if you are weary of it, that might be an indication that you might need to go back and revisit whether or not you really met the Jesus of the Bible. Oh, yeah, because I'm, 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 I'm finally at the place like the people who were old when I was young used to say, uh, the, the more I call his name, the sweeter it sounds. Anybody grow up hearing people say that? Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the, than the day before. Oh, no, I, 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 my appetite is increased uh, for him. And the more I get to know him, uh, the more I get to know me, and the more I get to, mo- to know, the more I get to know me, the more I need to know. And so Luke is writing from a from a different perspective than the other uh, gospel writers. In fact, they all have their own purpose, focus, and emphasis. But now Luke is writing uh, essentially. Uh, to the Gentile world. He, he wants, of course, the Jews to understand what he's talking about, but he also is writing to the Gentiles. You know who the Gentiles are, right? Yeah, that would be us. Anybody who's not a born Jew is a Gentile. And he is writing uh, uh, to us because God in his, in his sovereignty, uh, uh, when, he, when he called Abraham and and gave Abraham the instructions to leave your daddy's house and all of that to a land that I'm going to show you. Uh, and you will, be, you will become the father of the faith. Then uh, in Abraham, uh, God also uh, purposed uh, to save Gentiles. My God today. Uh, 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 God, even before we were born, had already had a plan to include us in his family. We got to understand because the the Jews, and this is not anti-Semitic, but this is a a truth that the Jews believe that only the Jews are going to be saved. And and the reality is, is that even some Jews may or may not be, but I do know one thing. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, will be saved. 
everybody, lottie dotty and everybody, I don't know who you are, but if you have called on the name of the Lord, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, how long you've been doing it. It doesn't matter if you've been on lockdown, if you've been uh, uh, to the wrong places in life. Uh, 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 I ought to be calling somebody's situation in a minute here, but, but none of that matters if and when you call on the name of the Lord, when you recognize that Jesus Christ is indeed Lord of all. Wish y'all would keep me with a witness this morning because I'm trying to be as brief as I can. But the more, the quieter you are, the more I've got to explain the text. Watch the text, if you will. Because as I mentioned, Luke pays close attention uh, to details. And so notice he says, in those days. So obviously he's making a reference uh, to something that he's already uh, spoken of. And he's already spoken of in chapter 1 uh, many details regarding uh, the whole scenario surrounding uh, the ultimate birth of Christ. Don't, I won't take time to deal with that today. You can read that in your quiet time. But anyway, he makes this transitional statement by saying, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. Uh, this Caesar Augustus is also named... Uh, Octavius Caesar Augustus. He is the, uh, was rather, the uh, nephew of Julius Caesar, who was the first uh, emperor of Rome. And uh, by the time, uh, 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 of course, Julius Caesar was assassinated. And uh, uh, now his nephew uh, is, is also a Caesar. And Caesar, as a matter of fact, is not a name, but it's a title. And so Caesar Augustus is now in charge. He's the emperor, and he has sent out a decree uh, uh, saying that all the world should be registered. Yeah, this registration process revolved around the fact that in order to tax the people, uh, people uh, who were from any of any homeland, wherever they were from, had to return to their homeland in order to register so that the, the, the government would know who and how to tax. Governments are always about taxes, always in your pocket, and that's necessary to make sure it, you know, the city has the stuff that the city needs. So he sends out this decree, uh, and this decree is not a suggestion. It is not a, a question. It, there is no debate, discussion, or any, anything else. It is it's issued so that the people will obediently travel to their homelands or the land of their uh, lineage. I want to show you something in just a minute. This is, going, this is already blown my mind. Um, and so Caesar Augustus issuing this decree, unbeknownst to him, he is really partnering with God. See, Caesar Augustus has very likely no clue of the coming Messiah. He has no idea about anything, in fact, about it, uh, the, the, the Romans uh, were pagan worshipers. 
They were not believers in Yahweh. They were not believers in the Most High God. But, but, but in fact and in point, they were worshipers of of everything from from the sun god to to the bales to 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 the the tree god to anything that they wanted to be reproduced in their lives uh, they worshiped uh, or made up a god to worship uh, so that they could get what they wanted and needed so 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 he's not doing this uh, uh, as as a knowing willing participant He's doing this for selfish reasons for his nation. But watch this. Verse 2 says, this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered each to his town. Are y'all with me yet? And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Why? Because he was of the house and lineage of David. So, so when we look at this idea of here comes the son, the first thing I need us to kind of focus our attention on is uh, the, the history or the historicity of, uh, that's four syllables right there, of, of uh, Christ's birth. Yeah, the, the historical nature of Christ's birth. That simply means uh, this was something that happened in time and was, was, was recorded uh, somewhere in history. This is not just a, a Bible issue. This was a, 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 a something that was known throughout time and throughout the world. And so it's important for us to understand this historicity because in this history, uh, uh, it is confirmed that Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. Why did he have to be born in Bethlehem? Because Bethlehem was the city of David. David was the king, the greatest of all kings, that God promised that there would always be a ruler on the throne of David. Which means then that there had to be a Davidic connection for the Messiah to actually rule from that throne. Well, now listen, the only way uh, they could get the parents of Jesus from Nazareth to Bethlehem, uh, there had to be something that was, that was so powerful that it compelled uh, Joseph and his wife, well, his soon-to-be wife, his betrothed, uh, to leave Nazareth and go to Bethlehem. I need you to understand that while the world is playing checkers, God is playing chess. And, and even in, in, in eons prior, God had already set up through the prophets where Jesus would be born. God Almighty. God has a plan right now that is being fulfilled, and in many cases, he's using you to fulfill it. Unbeknownst to us, 
God, look, everything that God created uh, is at his disposal. Even folk who don't know him or love him or follow him. God even uses Satan to do his own work. That's why we don't have to go through life uh, uh, wondering whether or not we are here on purpose. The fact that you are here is an indication that you're here on purpose. Because everything that God creates, he creates not only for a purpose, but that purpose is to solve a problem. So we've got to start asking God, God, what problem did you create me to solve? I know what problem you created the apple tree to solve. I know what problem you created the, 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 the banana tree, if they call come on trees, to solve. But now I know you've got a purpose for me, and I'm looking to you to tell me what my purpose is. Somebody needs to ask that question because we got too many believers that don't know why you're here. Don't know why you're here. You're just sitting on the dock of the bay. And Joseph went also up from Galilee, down uh, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. That word Bethlehem uh, has a connotation meaning a house of bread. House of bread, house of bread. It is interesting that 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 Jesus, who has been called, in fact, called himself the living bread, comes from a, a place called the house of bread. That that that's pretty good indication that God, that Jesus Christ has come to satisfy our deeper needs, because he was of the house and lineage of David. When, when in Matthew's gospel, Matthew focuses on Mary's lineage because Mary's lineage is traced all the way uh, to Abraham. And, but, but, but here on David's side, he's traced to David. Both are significant. Um, but now he went there, verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Uh, I'm going to talk to some single mother or who a mother who a mother who was single when you conceived. Yeah, because because we we are quick to stigmatize. We are quick. I'm talking about the church. We're, 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 I wish I had help somewhere in the house. I don't know. Can, can, can one of y'all play the organ or something? Listen, we, we are quick. And I thank God I was never raised in the era but that some of you may have been when a young teenage girl, a young lady, whatever, got pregnant out of wedlock and they brought her in front of the church and made her apologize to the church and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and let me just tell you something. I'm not advocating that. But I'm suggesting, first and foremost, only God can give life. I don't care what kind of scientist you think you are. I don't care what kind of this or that. Listen, only God can give life. And, and so there's never anything sinful about the child. I thought, sure, somebody in this house would say, show enough, Pastor. 
Don't make me take a poll to find out who's who. What I want to suggest to us, though, is that, is, that, is that in this text, we see right now, remember when we first read the text, and when we got to this verse, I said, ooh, because that's what you normally hear when you find a woman uh, 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 who betrothed, that is, promised to be married, committed to be married, uh, who was with child. Here is what's amazing, though. Look, Joseph marries soon-to-be husband, but also her husband in all the ways except consummation. Here he is uh, taking his woman with him. This is how you know there had to be some supernatural goings on right here. Because there's not too many brothers that I know. I don't know all brothers. But brothers I know. And being a brother, not a whole lot of us would be embracing the woman who is who we're engaged to, that we've been doing everything we can not to get with her sexually. Everybody in here over 18? It don't matter, because if you're 14, you know about this. Listen, look, look, look. Not too many brothers that I know, none that I know, are going to be embracing the woman that we have committed ourselves to. I'm yours, baby, you mine. And we're not going to violate what God has said thou shalt not do. We're not going, we ain't, we ain't going to cross that line. We're going to do what we got to do. We're going, we're going, we're going to take cold showers. We're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. I need you to cover up from head to toe. I can't see your fineness. I can't see that. I can't, I need you to help me help you. And you making all these sacrifices. You ain't, you ain't getting with nobody else. And so you just, you just, you. And then one day, uh, 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 Joe, I got something to tell you. I, I know you've been you've been seeing me throwing up a little bit lately. You you've been you've been noticing that I've been just a little grouchy. Uh, yeah, I've been eating more than I normally eat. Let me just I know you've been asking questions about it, but let me just tell you what's going on. Joe, I'm pregnant. I'm sorry, what? I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Say that again, because I, I almost thought I heard you say, yeah, you heard me right. But, 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 but Joe, but Joe, I know you and I haven't been together. But God has a greater purpose for my life. And, and, and something happened and the spirit of God just overshadowed me. And I woke up like this. 
Now, even Joseph had a problem with that. Because he was going to put her away privately. While he could have stoned her publicly. And her family. Could have could have done a lot. But Joseph was a good man. I wish I could say a word right there about the value of connecting with a good man. See, a good man, though he may see what he sees with his natural eye, he has an ear and a heart for the Spirit of God. Sisters, you need to make sure that your man listens to God. Without debate, negotiation, or discussion. If he does not listen to God, pack your stuff. Or pack his stuff and get up out of there. Brethren, I'm just the mailman. Don't get mad at me. Um, but brothers, also, likewise, find you a young lady if you don't already have one, who loves God more than she loves you. And because of her love for him, she will keep herself for you. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Um, we're dealing with what? The historicity of the birth of Christ. Because it is important for us to understand that it was a, it is a historical fact that Jesus Christ uh, was born. It is a historical fact. And, and, and so now, notice what we have in this historicity. We've got the sovereignty of God acting uh, on behalf of his own purpose, uh, but using uh, people uh, who don't necessarily believe in him. And consequently, uh, Joseph and Joseph takes his wife, his betrothed wife, to, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and she is with child. She is pregnant. I, I never forget, I took my wife to the Holy Land, Bethlehem and all, and, uh, and we found out weeks before we went that, that, that my wife was pregnant with Carrie. And uh, and let me just tell you something. 
if we hadn't already made plans to go and paid money to go, we probably would not have gone because that's a hard territory for anybody to move around, especially when you're with child, and especially in the early stages of the pregnancy. And, uh, I mean, you can't find them the right kind of food. Of course, ain't much change, but anyway. But, but you can't find them. <laughs> That's just jokes. That's just jokes, y'all. Don't joke with me. That's just jokes. Yeah, you can't, that, look, you can't, you, they, 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 they can't smell certain smells. It's a lot going on when you got a pregnant woman uh, in Bethlehem. And we don't know how, we don't know at what stage of the pregnancy Mary was in at this time. All we know is that she was pregnant and based on the fact that they had to travel and before they traveled is when he found out she was pregnant. So we don't know if it's, we don't know where it is, but let me just share this with you. In verse 6 it says, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Don't know how long they were there. Don't know any of that information. All we know is uh, we don't know anything about the where, or, or rather, we don't know anything about the time. All we know is the weather. I'm not talking about the sky, the, the clouds. I'm talking about whether it happened or not. We know it happened. We just don't know precisely when it happened. But that's not important because if Luke didn't speak to it, if Matthew didn't speak to it, then obviously the Spirit of God did not want us or need us to know about it. But what we do know is that she was pregnant and she did give birth. And in verse 7 it says, and she gave birth to her first son, firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because why? There was no place for them in the end. I really wish I had time to really unpack that whole thing because the, the, the whole nativity scene that we see and all that kind of stuff, that's not precisely what, what was going on right there, right? But, but that's not really right now relevant to what I'm trying to get to. But just suffice to say uh, that, that this first point is uh, the historicity of the birth of Christ. And in that historicity, we see the sovereign hand of God. Only God could have arranged things the way he did to cause a pagan leader to issue a decree to get the people to where their homeland and their lineage was. And that's exactly how they ended up in Bethlehem. The rest of this is going to go quick. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. They're filled with fear. They're filled with fear. And the angel said to them, what? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you, 
That's, that, that would be familiar to anybody who was a student of the word at that time because that phrase is a reference to Isaiah 9 and 6, which says, For unto you, unto us, a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so now, with this same language, they are connecting, God is connecting the shepherds to what he had prophesied hundreds of years before. Notice what he says. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. I'm going to say it one more time. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. The shepherds had no clue until the angel spoke and told them that the Savior was born today. Wow. Well, let me just move forward here and look. Verse 12 says, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby. You're going to find a baby. How are you going to find that baby? Wrapped in swaddling cloths. Well, he's already, we already learned that Mary had wrapped the baby in swaddling cloths in verse 7. So now the angels are simply repeating what has already happened. And, uh, uh, the, the shepherds are going to find that same baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, and that simply means strips of cloth that were often used to keep the baby's limbs, you know, kind of kind of settled uh, so that the limbs would grow properly and whatnot. And so now, watch this, in a swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. I want us to understand and appreciate uh, that this is the king of kings, and this is the lord of lords, and this is uh, God the son. And yet, uh, he's not born in a royal uh, atmosphere. <laughs> he's not born uh, in, in a regal atmosphere. Uh, atmosphere and yet he's regal he, he's not born like we would want our kings to be born and yet he's king of kings I need somebody to understand that the, the, the humility of his birth the humility we move from the historicity to the humility of his birth God incarnate did not embrace all of the high things that we embrace we would have had our child at Cedar Sinai or something like that. We would not have our baby at uh, Killer King or whatever they used to call that. We wouldn't have our baby at, at Daniel Freeman or something like that. No, we want our baby born at the, at the top of the line hospital. Not so with Jesus. Uh, they, 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 uh, God allowed his son to be born in the most humble of, of, of accommodations. Uh, animals all around, born in a trough where you feed animals. And uh, yet, that's the, that was, the, that was the, the state of, of our king. And notice what happens in verse 13. And suddenly, <laughs> there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. What were they doing? Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. I'm done here. But I thought by now you would have caught on. 
because the, 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 the shepherds in that moment did not praise God. They were afraid. But the angels, the heavenly host, because of Jesus, because of the Savior's birth, because of the king's birth, uh, the, 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 the angels in the presence of God, they praised our God. Why did they praise God? Because the Son of God has come down from 42 generations. The Son of God has, 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 has his, his parents have traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The Son of God. Uh, 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 God has used even pagan people to make sure that he got from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. And so he's born now. And, 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 they, and they've been told where his location was. They've been given a GPS address. And now we know that the shepherds understand that, that he's born in a manger. And you'll identify him because he's the one that's wrapped in uh, strips of cloth. He's the one that, that you would have expected to be born in a, in a celipostopedic or a sleep number bed. But no, he's down there in a trough. He's down there in the place where they feed the animals. What a lowly uh, king we have. But I'm glad he was born in such a low way. Because in being born in such a low way, such a humble way, that means that the people like me that were on the bottom of life, sinners like me that showed up messed up, sinners like me that was, that was a sinner from birth, there is some good news that no matter how low you are, Jesus has come for you. Is there anybody here that can testify that you haven't always been sitting in a church clean to the nines with nice gaiters on, with your hair done and your nails did? You haven't always been as sharp as you are. You haven't always been as educated as you are. You haven't always had a piece of money in your pocket. But Jesus came to where we were. Jesus came down. I can't get, get away from. He was way up high, living in his heavenly home. But he took a human airplane and came down all the way down to Mary's womb, all the way down to Nazareth, rather all the way down to Bethlehem. And he was born in Bethlehem. Anybody here glad that he was born in Bethlehem? Bethlehem was not a metropolis. Bethlehem was no New York City, but Bethlehem was a small place, a tiny village, but God chose the insignificance of Bethlehem to give birth to the most significant of its citizens. I praise God that my God is a God that sits high and looks low. He sees right where we are. He sees us 
messed up like we are, which tells us we ain't got the fake in front. We ain't got to pretend. Just come as you are. Anybody here came to Jesus just like you were, weary, wounded, and sad, but you found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. Anybody here glad this morning? Anybody here grateful this morning? I'm glad that he saved me. I'm glad that he came for me. I'm glad that he's in me right now. I know that he's in me. I can feel his presence. I can sense him moving. Good God Almighty, anybody, do you know him? Have you tried him? Won't he make a way? My God can do anything but fail. I need about 10 people that knows who Jesus is to show some sign. If you got a relationship, you ought to have some clapping in your hands. You ought to have some running in your feet. You ought to have some hallelujah in your throat. Anybody here? Anybody here? That's why we praise him. That's why we worship him. And if you're sitting next to somebody that ain't got no worship in them, step around them and have your own worship party. Anybody? 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 Hey, hey. to meet me where I was. I, went, I wasn't born with a microphone in my hand. I, went, I wasn't born with a beautiful wife and family. No. 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 Great things happened for me when I met Jesus. And you've heard me tell the testimony. I met him when I was 22. Oh, how I wish I had met him when I was two. Oh, how I wish I could have given my whole life to him. I cannot imagine where my life would be if I had just come to him sooner. He was knocking he was calling, but I, I was stubborn. I was in church, but I wasn't in Christ. I did everything we do here. I sang in a choir. 
I said Easter speeches, Christmas, all of that. I was a junior deacon. And if I had died then, in hell I would have lifted my eyes. And I just, I'm just, I just want to connect with somebody who you've been in church for a long time perhaps. But if you died right now, You cannot confidently say that you know you will spend eternity in heaven. I talked to a young lady this past week. Her mother just passed. And she called me to ask if I could do her mother's service. She's not a member of this church, not any church as far as I know. And uh, long story short, I, just, I was led to ask her. I said, sweetheart, let me ask you a question. Do you know if you're saved? And she said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, okay. Tell me how you know. Well, I'm a good person. And, uh, I, you know, I treat people right. And uh, she listed about, I don't know how many more things. And then finally she said, and uh, I've given my life to Christ. But the, the order in which she listed her criteria let me know that her emphasis was on her work. So I, I prayerfully asked God to give me an opportunity, whatever, and uh, shared with her Jesus Christ. I asked her if she would be willing to hear that, and she said, yeah. And uh, long story short, she accepted Christ over the phone. And praise God, that ain't the shout, though. The shout is. Everything that she had been leaning on as her criteria for salvation um, proved in, in her hour of need to be insufficient. Being a good person ain't going to help you when you're dealing with the passing of your mother. Being a great guy, great lady, that ain't going to get you far when your heart is broken. You need somebody bigger than you, bigger than your ability to do whatever you've been doing. You need Jesus. I want to ask everybody just to stand with me. We're getting ready to go. But I believe there might be somebody here who's never given your life to Jesus Christ. And maybe you've been led to believe that that's for the weird people. Maybe it is. We are peculiar people. You've been led to believe that that's for the old people. That used to be my thing. I, I ain't, I, I'm, I'm still young. I do it when I get. Let me tell you something. Age is relative to how much time God has given you. If you are 80-ish, then you could be considered old chronologically. But if God has only purpose for you to live 50 years and you're 40, you're old relative to the time you have allotted. Our issue is we don't know how much time we have. 
So get it out of your head. You're going to wait till whenever to give your life to Christ. Because you just might be the old man or old lady that's getting ready to cross over. If you are not confident, and I'm not going to take a lot of time here. I've already taken too much. If you're not confident that, that you are saved and you're confident not based on how you feel today, but you're confident based on what the word of God says. And if you, if you cannot confidently say, Pastor, I know I'm saved. And I know why I'm saved. Because the Bible says, if I call on the name of the Lord, if I believe with my, my heart, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, I am saved. If you cannot say that, then I've got some startling news for you. You need Jesus right now. Right now. No, right now. Y'all quit trying to be so sophisticated talking about right now. You don't talk like that. Right now. You need him. And he wants you right now. Right now. All you got to do is, is just be courageous enough to say, you know what, preacher, I need Jesus right now. I'm tired of going through these motions, trying to pretend that I'm enjoying life when on the re in reality, I'm living on the edge of quiet desperation. I know the place. If I'm talking to you, brother, sister, whoever you are, you've never given your life to Christ. And you want to you want to for sure, once and for all. Make sure that you're saved. If that sounds like you. Can you just raise your hand in this house? Just raise your hand. Lord, we thank you for, for this beautiful harvest. We thank you for these women who recognize their need for Jesus Christ. And Lord, we want to be good stewards of what belongs to you. How precious are these ladies in your sight and in ours. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to serve them, that they may grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then for those who may have been in need of salvation and in need of a church, but for whatever reason did not take advantage of this moment, Lord, give them no peace until they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We thank you, praise you, and now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of your wonderful Holy Spirit be with each of us now and forevermore. Let the people of God say amen. Thank you for listening to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to accept Christ, join our church, help continue the work we are doing in our ministries, watch live on Sundays, find us on social media, or give online, you can visit the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.